heard John Maxwell do his portrayal of John the Baptist, and I, one of the churches where I was serving, we had him come in and, and do that. And I remember one of those church members coming up to me afterwards and saying of that experience and that performance, that was just about the nicest scolding I have ever received. That's kind of what's happening here. It's, 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 it's a little bit nicer than what you get with this contemporary Zechariah, because if you were with us Wednesday night in our Bible study, we went through that book talking about the same stuff, and he just starts out that God's upset with you, and yes, God's upset with your enemies too, and it's a scolding as well. Let's think about where we are in, in the timeline of God's people. 586 or so BC, we've got them taken away, Babylonian captivity. But about 50 years or so later, there's a handful that get to come back with Zerubbabel to not only take the land, but then to rebuild the temple. And that's where we are. They've had this opportunity to come home, and they've been given all kinds of silver and gold, all kinds of supplies, even livestock, to begin the ritual sacrifices as the temple's rebuilt. And so they get back to work. Starting in about 538 BC, they build the altar, they make sacrifices, they have the feast of their tabernacles. The next year, they lay down the foundation for the temple. But then there's, well, there's some opposition with some Samaritans. That causes a stir. And then really, they just kind of stop. The temple! And they kind of stop. You been there? Been there and done that? Where you, I'm going to do this new thing at work, or I've got this hobby, and I'm going to start this. There's this thing I want to happen in my family. I don't even want to get conversation started with couples about somebody promised a project at home and you're still waiting on that we've all been there we're going to get this thing started but we get going and then we stop that's where they are but this is not just any building this is the temple of god and so Haggai and Zechariah are both sent by God to prophesy over that. And in this book, we get four different prophecies. Chapter 1 through 15 is the first. What we're going to look in chapter 2, that's the second prophecy. When they've come back, basically a month after the work begins, then you get a third prophecy, the end of chapter 2 through 19, and then the fourth prophecy, a couple of words about Zerubbabel as they close. What about this word? Why this word? Why this stopping? Now listen, not everybody remembers the first temple. It's been a long season. Some of these have just heard about it, but listen, you know how it goes with older things and nostalgia? They, it, it gets built up. It gets built up as those their parents or grandparents talked about the glory of that first temple over decades and decades in captivity. They're imagining how grand it would be, and now look where we are. That's what we do with the past. Sometimes we overdo it. I've never shared a positive sports story in my entire time with you. I'm going to share one. My last year in high school... I remember with less than a minute, it was, I remember this, 4th and 17, we're playing the, the state champs, and uh, they called my name, and I, I got a 4th and 17 catch for a touchdown to win the game, basically with no time on the clock. 
And uh, I remember talking to one of the dads after the game about a week later, one of my best friend's dad, and he says, I can't believe you beat double coverage for that. And I thought it was single coverage, but I was like, yeah, I'm going with that. Double coverage, <laughs> fourth and 17, less than a minute. Now when I tell that story, they had done an entire defensive shift. They had put five people on me. There was one second left on the clock. It was not fourth and 17. Back in the 80s, you didn't get safeties. It was fourth and 117. We were behind the goalposts, and I went 117 yards. That's what we can do with the past, right? We build it up. Now, the first temple was glorious because God was with them. And so they're seeing what they've done and the supplies that they had and and they're thinking, maybe in the back of their mind, will this be as glorious as, as it once was or what we've heard? And then you look at their, their lives. Go to verse, chapter 1, verse 4. Not only do they stop, but now they take the wood that's been given specifically for the very house of God and they use it on their own homes. I hate to use that word because you're not going to do the work there and apply it because it says paneling. And if you live through the 70s, many of us may have a negative connotation, maybe not, of paneling, but they're taking that wood for sacred purposes and they're taking it to their own houses and they're leaving the house of God undone for a long, long season. They've been sent back for this purpose, and yet not just days, not just months, but years, they have allowed the house of God to remain unbuilt. And we can do that. Maybe we just look at the past and we remember how God was so good, or we think about how work used to be done in the past, how family used to be done in the past, maybe even how church had been done in the past, and we glorify that and we forget. Look, Isaiah talked about the past all the time. But he says, let me, t let me tell you about this new thing God's going to do. Same thing with Haggai. I know about that temple. Let me tell you what's going to happen in this temple. Let me tell you how faithful and good God is. He's going to show up. And so he gives them this word. If you're in the center of God's will, if you're with God, there's always hope and a plan and a purpose for what's next. It's interesting with these people in this day. And, and before, during this time, and after, they were surrounded by people who believed in many gods. Every other faith except this faith believed in many gods. They're the only faith in, on the face of the planet up to that time and up to Christianity that believed that there was only one God. But of out of all the gods that the other faiths had, they had a God of the sun, a God of water, a God of, of, of rain, a God of thunder, a God of this, a God of that. None of them had. And I've read this, and so I'm taking this as truth. None of them had a God of hope. Build that temple because God's going to show up. And he's been good in the past. He's shown up in the past, and he will now. That's who he is. He is your hope. If you're in his will, if you're with him, he's going to show up. You go back to chapter 1, that's what he says. I'll be pleased with what you do. I'll be pleased. Same thing he says to his son. This is my son in who I am well pleased. 
I'll be pleased. Yes, we always look back and glean from the past and listen and see how God's been faithful and how he's acted. He won't act outside of his character, but he's always got something new for his people. They had slowed down, they had stopped, and so this word comes from the prophet. God can do something new. It's my first day here. I think I'd been in the office maybe a day or two, but my first Sunday with y'all, I wasn't going to tell this story to my last day with y'all, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it today. <laughs> so I'm in the fellowship hall, and if you, some of y'all were here that day, we had this greeting time to meet the new pastor. And so my family, Sarah and our three kids were there, and it was a long, just a great line. Y'all were so sweet to us. Um, and so, but it was kind of, with, as big as this church is, I mean, it's a 10-second meet and greet, right, to get everybody through. And y'all are standing out in the hot July sun there to greet us. And so it's like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and we're so glad you're here. And then next, next, 10 seconds, just bang, bang, until this person. Won't name this man or woman, but they stopped right there. And it was a good four or five minutes. And four and five minutes in a pastoral meet and greet when you've got to get to, no, it's not you, Mark. Uh, when you've got to get to the next, uh, when you got to get to the next service and people are sweating outside the gym and uh, it was awkward and it was a long time, but it was only over one topic. You ready for the topic? I just, I don't, I don't know what this church is going to do now that Reverend Genesee's gone. <laughs> I... I don't know how we're going to make it. I mean, this is, a, this is a big blow to our church. And, I, and not only am I having to take this, for, I'm four to five minutes. Sarah will testify. This was not 10 seconds. Ringing of the hands. I mean, just, just their faith, their countenance. No, it was just, oh, what's, how are we going to make it? I'm like, I wanted to say, my wife and children can hear this. You're, say it to me later. I mean, I get it. You look at me like, oh, no, but, uh, you know. Five minutes of that. It had been five months, five years. They had given up on this building for a long, long time. God, could you, we're just, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to circle the wagons. Is God the God of hope? Is God the living God? And whatever you've left undone in a relationship, in, in your family, in your marriage, in your friendship, in your dating, in your ministry. Can God come and fill that place and do something new? God of the past, yes, but God of the present, the living God. And so you get these wonderful words, this word of encouragement, verse 4, be strong, take courage. The same words that were spoken to Joshua before he's to go and possess the land. The same words that David gives to his son Solomon, be strong, take courage. God is with you, verse 4. Verse 7, God's going to show up and he is going to fill this house. He's here. He's working. And so verse 4, get to work. Be strong, take courage. People of God, get to work. Whatever he's called you to do, whatever he's called you to be, get to work. These people who in Ezra 3 had laid the foundation and had sang to God, your mercy endures forever, they stopped. And we can't be a people who stop. I love what John Wesley said about the Methodists. 
They are continually offering their whole selves to God, holding back nothing but giving all to increase the glory of God in the world. Their time and talents are given as a loving sacrifice to God. And I love, and this, listen, there's different interpretations here in this verse 7. You take comfort. You take courage and you get to work. Why? Verse 7 seems to be prophetic. There are different translations. But many believe this is saying, because not only am I going to fill this temple, the very desire of the nations is coming. So Robabel, that's in the family line. Go back and read Matthew's genealogy. He's in the line. The Son of God will come. And he will be, he will be your hope. He will be your help. Christ himself is coming. And last thing, I love, I love how he rightly calls. We've been talking about the names of the prophets. This is the perfect name. You know, do you know what Haggai meant? I had to look it up because I've been talking about it every week. Mr. Festival. Mr. Feast. Right? I want to I wanna sup with you. I want to feast with you here in this temple. My whole heart is to be with you. You And so I'm sending you one named Festival and Feast to say that again. Build this temple so I can be with you. What we celebrate today is that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we could come to his temple, excuse me, to his table and to feast with him, that we could be with God again. That's our encouragement today. Whatever he's calling you to do, whatever you've put off, be of good comfort and courage but get to work. And may that work glorify the one who is the desire of the nations, the one who will come and fill, the one who will come and sup with us. So we come to this table this morning, remembering that Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, those who are earnestly uh, repenting of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. We come to this table remembering that on the night in which Christ was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to God, gave that bread to his disciples, and told them to take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.